what does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday morning, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our lives doing so many things, transporting our kids around, spending too many hours in the office, trying to find time to spend with our spouse. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday morning. Did you know that in a week, there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending 80 of those related to our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast, where we want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each week. Uh, my name is Sawyer Trapp, and I'm our student ministry pastor at Stapleton Church, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Yeah, it's good to be with you guys wherever you are, likely at home. That's right. Because we are now under a stay-at-home order, or at least it starts this afternoon. We're right, if you're listening in Denver, Colorado, which you might yes. not be. That's but, true, yeah. 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 We, and even in our church, we have a lot of people in Aurora or Commerce City, yeah. Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. But if you are in Denver County, and likely the rest of the state very soon, yep. we are under stay-at-home order as of 5 p.m. today. I know this is completely changing our 10,000 minutes. I talk with some people that, you know, they're both working at home, husband mm-hmm. and wife. But to make it more complicated, they also have their child with them, you know. <laughs> There's no daycare or no school. Yeah, exactly. It's so. changing everything, um, but we're glad you're listening. If you have more th- questions or thoughts about that, we actually recorded the, me- the episode last week, so if you haven't listened to it, we did a whole episode just on COVID-19. Right, so scroll back in your feed. It's called 10,000 Minutes at Home, because it might feel like you may have more than 10,000 minutes at home. So we wanted to respond to that and show, even during this time, that God is still working and what we can do um, in our lives practically to bring God into our 10,000 minutes working from home, um, being with our families, um, even engaging and reaching out to our neighbors as much as we can as we're still social distancing. So That's right. And we didn't talk about the medical aspect at all. But if you are interested, my uncle is an ER doc um, at USC, he's a professor now, and he actually wrote the chapter on a, in a medical textbook on COVID-19. Mm. And I guess it's actively being written because they wrote it for doctors to use right now, but they're continuing to update it as more tests and studies are out there. But he actually has his own podcast. You can check it out. It's called This Won't Hurt a Bit. They had an episode that just came out a couple days ago, uh, This Won't Hurt a Bit. They had an episode on COVID-19. It's really good. Uh, they're two medical professionals, and it's for people like us, <laughs> like Sawyer and I, oh, who, so who are not medical professionals. Exactly. That's Great. The, the point of it. They, they started it all on the medical level so that they can teach uh, idiots like you and I. There you go. And it'll be linked <laughs> down in the show notes, so if you scroll down, um, we'll make sure it's linked down there so we can all maybe figure out, wrap our heads around what's going on out there in the world. Yep. Uh, but in today's episode, we wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the message from Sunday. Yeah. And like always, if you have questions about the message or about life or about faith or about coronavirus, whatever, whatever, send it to us. Send it to Sawyer, strap at stapletonchurch.com. That's trap with two Ps. And we did get some questions from the message this last week, but they were all related to demon possession. Right. And right. it was just a very brief line, right, that it says right Mary, yeah. Mary of Magdalene was possessed by seven demons before she mm-hmm. came to know Jesus. We're going to address those questions. However, 
next week's message is going to be on de- demon possession, basically. And we're probably going to address those in the message itself mm-hmm. and in the podcast from that fall, next week. That's right. So hold on to those thoughts, and we will touch on demon possession, what it looks like today, whether Christians can be demon-possessed, all those big questions in an upcoming podcast. But today we wanted to address a theological question. Right. And I know this is the 10,000 podcast, but it is a question that applies very much to a life because I think theology is one of the most important things about our life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've heard it said that what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. That's right. It, effect, it can and should affect every little aspect of your life, the 10,000. That's really why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. So the question that emerges from the passage that we covered on Sunday, which was Luke chapter 8, verses 1 to 21 specifically the parable of the different soils that Jesus gives, Mm -hmm. is do you have to be obedient to be saved? Right, right. And that comes from, like, when Jesus is explaining the parable, he talks about the various soils and where the seeds land, and it makes it seem like, um, specifically in verse um, 13, um, starting in verse 13, the rocky ground, the ones who receive the word, they have joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but then in time of testing, they fall away. Or in verse 14, the seed that falls among thorns stands for those who hear, but those who go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Versus the good seed who has a noble and good heart, who hears the word, retains it, puts it into practice, and produces a good crop. So it seems, as you said, that Jesus is saying, that from that point of salvation, that planting of that seed, that obedience is then required to either make salvation complete or to um, complete that process, make sure those roots go down deep. And that's a huge question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if this isn't a question for you, it should be. <laughs> I think it's an important theological Why question. Why should it, Matt? Well, okay, so if you think that you have to obey, that you have to do something to be saved, then what we're talking about is what's often called works righteousness. Mm-hmm. You have to do something. There has to be works in your life in order to be saved. Right. Um, salvation by works is another way to say it. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then salvation is dependent on us. There's something that we have to do. Um, if, on the other hand, you believe in um, grace, salvation by grace, mm-hmm. you say that it's actually 100% God who saves you. So, well, what's the practical outpouring? Why does it even matter? Well, if it's a works righteousness, if you have to do something to be saved, then we can have some pride with it. Sure. Because the people who don't do that, mm-hmm. well, they're, they're the dummies who aren't working hard enough for their salvation. And look, me, I have worked so hard to earn this. I believe that every religion in the world teaches some form of salvation by works. They might not call it salvation. They might not call it works. But the mm-hmm. basic concept is you have to do something to be saved. It's the exact opposite in true Christianity. In the gospel message, it says you are saved by grace. In fact, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not from yourselves. Not by works. Lest anyone should boast, if you get the old team James, <laughs> so that no one can boast. You can't be prideful. You can't be arrogant. You did nothing to save yourself. Mm-hmm. You did nothing to do it. It was completely, 100%, a gift from God. Yep, as it says in that verse. Yep. So why then, 
Because I was just pulling up that same passage because <laughs> I was right on the same page with you. Yep. But why then, in the next verse right after that, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Yes. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. You're right. That's Ephesians 2.10. It comes right, right after yep. verses 8 and 9. But that's the point. It comes right after that. Mm-hmm. If you reverse the order right. of what we're talking about today, you miss the gospel. You destroy the heart of Christianity. If you think you have to do something first in order to be saved, you're reversing everything that Jesus taught, believed, and did. Mm-hmm. It's the exact opposite. It's after we're saved that we do things. Right. And I think that's important. So my big idea on Sunday, if you just took it alone and you looked at the title of my message, well, the title of my message was Real Disciples. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, basically, Real Disciples, my big idea was um, let God's word in both ears and live it out to one another. Right. That's what a real disciple does. So if you were thinking about that, oh, my gosh, that standing alone sounds like in order to be a real disciple, in order to be really safe, I have to do what God has said. Right. I have to live it out to one another. Yes. I have to live it out in order to be saved. Mm-hmm. But what we're trying to tell you today is don't reverse that order. Right. And it, it, maybe this is pushing the, the parable a little much, but think about it. A seed isn't doing anything. Right. It has to be planted. Yep. It has to be supported by the soil and the ground. There has to be the right nutrients there. Yep. It's eventually going to bear fruit. Right. But that's long down the road of the process. Yeah. And, you know, we farm a little differently today. But in Jesus's day, think about it. As an agricultural society, they realized how much they were dependent on God in everything. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, they may have had irrigation canals. But if there was no rain, it didn't matter if they had all the canals dug. That's right. There would be no water that would enter into the irrigation canal. They didn't have sprinkler systems. They, you know, I mean, so today it's similar. When we have a drought season, it's going to affect the crops. Mm -hmm. But man, they were dependent on it so much. They prayed for rain all the time. Rain was essential to who they were because if they didn't rain, then the plants didn't grow, the seed didn't grow, therefore they didn't eat. They were entirely dependent on God, and they knew it. Um and we kind of lose touch of that because, for one, we do agriculture a little differently. And two, we live in a city. That's and right. we get our food from the grocery store uh, or delivered to your house by Amazon drone. That's right. You don't even have to go out. <laughs> you don't. And maybe right now. That you shouldn't. Thing. Yeah. yeah, I think, aren't they recommending only go get groceries once a week? That's I right. heard that as a recommendation. Yep. And even then, you can get them curbside, pick up, or deliver mm-hmm. to your house. Um, so we don't think about where our food comes from. But it's completely dependent on the elements. Right. And therefore dependent on God. Mm -hmm. So if you take that and you view back the parable again, you see that even Jesus, as he's using that, which he very carefully picked the analogy of the seeds and the plants, he's saying like, hey, there's the seed that's planted, the word of God. The water comes, the plant, all these things are dependent on God. Right. So when you do bear fruit, you shouldn't be like, look at me. (laughs) Look at my fruit. Um, it's it's not about that at all. Even our works are a gift of God. That's right. So that no one can boast. Yeah. So question, though. Okay. So if if our faith is is not about our obedience, about God's faithfulness. Yes. I think people, and I think any of us who have followed God for any period of time, are going to have that question of saying, like, how do I really know that I'm saved? Like, I feel like I say I've been saved, like, 
I, maybe have even these evidence of being saved, like I, I prayed a prayer when I was five, or, or God has changed my life, but how do I really, really know? That's what Jesus is talking about. <laughs> I think I think it's a great question, and I do think it's a question worth asking. Uh, I would lie if I said, oh, you should just never worry about that. If you, mm-hmm. you prayed the prayer, or you got dunked in the water, or whatever, you're good. No, we should wonder about our salvation, because... Judas was with Jesus for three years up till the very end, and he was a devil. I mean, that's what Jesus says. He was not a true believer. Mm-hmm. So we should worry about this. Jesus also said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, you know, there will be people who say to me, Lord, Lord, right. did I not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name? And Jesus will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. So there is something that we need to look internally and wonder, am I truly saved? Right. But I don't think we can stay there. Right. And so right. If, if the question, with the purpose of just dwelling on it and worrying about it and, and just concerning ourselves with it, is so over-consuming that mm-hmm. we just stay there, then I think not only do we miss the point, yep. but I think we miss the point of this parable. Because I think what Jesus is saying is saying, Look at the fruit that is produced. Yes. Yeah. And so that question, that the importance of that question, should lead us to looking at the evidence of salvation in our life. Right. The fruit. I mean, that's a word that we use a lot in <laughs> Christianity. And it's because Jesus used that metaphor a lot of saying, you know, plants produce fruit. And we can tell the health of the plant by the fruit it produces. And so we use that language of saying, what good works are we doing in our life to show evidence of our salvation are we becoming more and more like jesus yes i, I think that's right on jesus told us that by your by their fruit ye shall know okay and another <laughs> breaking out all the king james <laughs> today that's how i memorize it as a little kid yeah. um yeah. so it's still just stuck in my head go. sometimes ye shall know ye shall know by the fruit you know mm-hmm. so there is an aspect to it that's what you look at in my life am i living it out is there obedience that others can see mm-hmm. um that does not save you, but it's evidence that you are saved. Right, and we've talked about this a lot before, but we often put up blinders of ourselves. So we have mm-hmm. a we have a bias towards ourselves, and yeah. we think we're better than we are. Right. So ask somebody, mm. like, hey, am I more like Jesus than I was yesterday, or a year from now, or excuse me, a year ago, right. or ten years ago? Yeah. Am I showing that I've been saved? Right. That's that's good. Um, I think that's really good, and that's a tough question to ask. People. Oh yeah, absolutely. But but be worthwhile if you're married and you're listening to this. Ask your spouse. Yeah. You know, maybe not year over year because sometimes <laughs> it's hard to see that. But say five years ago, or you know, has, is there growth in my life? Have mm-hmm. I done things that would be evidence to you that I'm saved? That, that that's worth asking. Mm-hmm. Um, in Philippians two verses twelve and thirteen, it tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Right. So there is an aspect that. That doesn't mean we're being saved. In fact, verse 13 says, for it is God who works in you. Right. Okay? So that's clear. <laughs> God is the one who saves you. But we need to work it out. We need to think about ourselves. There needs to be even trembling. You know, is this true in my life? And once we get past that, like, that's a healthy thing to do, then we can even be more confident, mm-hmm. more confident in our salvation. Um, so that is an important thing. There's a t- funny little book. I haven't read it, so maybe I shouldn't reference it. <laughs> but it's called Stop Asking Jesus Into Your Heart. 
have you seen that, Sawyer? I have, yeah. Um, and I think it's funny because that's what I did as a little kid. Mm-hmm. I asked Jesus into my heart probably like four dozen times. Right. Any time like, that you sinned or you felt bad, you're like, oh, I better ask Jesus into my heart again. Or you learn a new aspect of oh, theology. Yeah. Like, I never knew that before. Oh, my gosh, I never understood it. Mm-hmm. Or you could say, oh, I never understood salvation by faith before, like what we're talking about today. Right. Oh, i got to get saved again. Uh, I have seen people, I shouldn't say this, that that will raise their hand multiple times. Like, well, I thought you got saved before. But okay, you know, if somebody's really wondering, they're unsure. I have people say, I, I was baptized when I was younger, but I've strayed away so far that I don't know if it was real back then. Mm-hmm. And I can't answer that. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe this is the true thing. And I think that's a good point. I'm going to jump in really quick. Yes. Yeah, please do. That um, we can't answer that question for somebody else. Right. And so it's not our position of saying, well, I'm looking at their fruit, and there's no way they're saved. Right. That's not, in fact, Jesus commands us not to do that. We talked about that a couple podcasts ago, Mm -hmm. of looking at the the plank in our own eye first before we can help (laughs) the speck in our other's, brother's eye. Yeah, look at your own fruit. Right. Where's the fruit of my Mm -hmm. own life? And, And that's an important point, because... People can do the works. That's what Jesus said. They're out there prophesying. They're out there casting out demons. Mm -hmm. So it looks to other people like they're saved, but they're not. Because I've heard it say that you can pin on your own fruit on on the branches. Mm. You can pin it on there. So it looks like it's growing there, but it's not. (laughs) We go out there and we can pretend to do good works um, or or let good works be seen by certain people. But the heart isn't there behind it that it hasn't been transformed by the word of God. Right, and that's what it comes down to in how Jesus ends the passage. stands for those with a noble and good heart mm. who hear the word and retain it and by preserving produce a crop. Okay, so Sawyer, do you have to be obedient? Do you have to do the works in order to be saved? Overall, the answer is no, yep. but someone who is saved should be doing those works. Yes, they will be. They will be, yeah. yeah. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer has a great line in his classic book, uh, The Cost of Discipleship, where mm-hmm. he says, only the believers obey, only the obedient believe. Mm. Say it one more time. Only the believers obey, and only the obedient believe. There you go. They go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. As as the we live out, live it out of our salvation, Right. Um, live it out of your salvation. Don't l- do it for your salvation. That's right. So we live out of the changed people we are. Yep. We don't do it to be saved, to be changed. Yep. So this week, as you're listening and you're thinking about, hopefully you're you're still thinking about the message that we do need to let God's word in both ear, both ears and live it out to one another. And you're thinking, how can I live it out? I've had people email me like, I'm trying to figure out what does that mean because I'm you know, trying not to spread the coronavirus. Right, especially right now. You know, I don't yeah. want to kill people. That would not be a good way to love my neighbor. No. So I'm trying not to spread it. How, how do I do it? Where do I serve? What can I do for people? So as you're thinking about those different ways to do it, maybe it's even just digitally or in call or an encouragement, man, people want to hear your voice or see your face yeah. right now more than ever Yeah. Um, because you can't give them a hug. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so what, what are the things you're doing? Think about it and realize, hey, don't do this to be saved. It's not a pressure to it. You you are saved if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So we get to do these things. Yeah, it's a privilege. It is. It's a privilege. It's an opportunity. And it really is an opportunity at this time during the coronavirus. Right. It's a time when good works, when uh, checking up on people, when care and encouragement and love towards people, even if it's from a distance, is so needed. Yes. So I want to encourage you, go out this week. 
Maybe you're stuck at home, but you can at least wave to your neighbors, check in, make sure they have the supplies they need, Mm -hmm. pray for them. Do something this week to actively show your fruit. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again. See you again.
great. Man, you gotta have love that you set it straight. Take control of your mind and meditate. Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all, y'all. 